Welcome to the Not Last Podcast, Season 1, Episode 2. I'm your host, Andrew Neil Nunez. Today's topic is titled Mantras. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone, and thanks for tuning in. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the first episode. This is episode number two, and I am very excited to talk with you all today about something that I use on a day-to-day basis for training, for life, for everything, is uh, mantras. Um, We're going to talk a little about the difference between a mantra versus a motivational quote versus a statement. kind of how I generate them and how I can maybe lay some framework for you to try and generate some and um, and really find something that resonates and that works for you. My biggest hurdle as an athlete um, is my mental game. I really struggle with my mental game, with a positive uh, self-image, with a positive um, uh, belief in myself that I can compete and I deserve to be here and be a a competitor at the race or in training or whatever. Um, and one thing that I I really try and work on is uh, the, the psychological aspect of sport. And it's something that fascinates me because I'm weak at it and I like to train things that I'm weak at. Um, not all things that I'm weak at, but some things, and this is, <laughs> this is one of them. I first came around the idea uh, or the concept of mantras and using, you know, um, very resonating motivational statements and quotes um, uh, many years ago uh, after reading this book entitled uh, Mind Gym by Gary Mack. And he goes into kind of building a what he calls a, a mental toolbox and being able to develop these skills and build on these skills and things to kind of work on your mental mindset. It was a fascinating book. I bought a copy. I still read it and reference it today. Um, and one thing that I really have taken away from that and am, am honing on and, and working on all the time are are these this concept of mantras. So... One thing I want to—I'm going to start off by talking about um, kind of a motivational quote, and we, we've all seen these, you know, the um, the ones that are plastered on billboards, the the ones that are on T-shirts, whatever. But um, I think there's there's one thing to read a motiv- motivational quote and be like, oh yeah, that's inspiring, and it's another thing to read a motivational quote and have it like resonate with you. Um, I really believe that 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 it doesn't work for everybody, that that one quote doesn't fit all sorts of people. It, it is something that, that has to come from kind of within um, without getting too uh, ethereal or, or spiritual, but um, it really does kind of have to come from within. You know, one thing that we have, for example, I'll, I'll list out a couple of examples that uh, that we have in the house. We have, we have a postcard on our fridge that is from a running company called Wazelle, and they make women's running clothes. And um, the postcard just says, uh, there is no secret, keep going. And I sit and eat breakfast in the morning, and I stare at that postcard. And usually when I'm eating breakfast in the morning, it's I'm up at 5.30 in the morning, I am having a quick espresso and um, some piece of fruit or some you know uh, English muffin or something, and I'm staring at this thing, as I'm groggy in the morning before I go out and get my training in before work. And there is no secret, keep going. And I have a big workout to do and and it resonates with me. It's like, okay, all right, 
yeah, keep going. That, that yep. There's no there's no trick to this. You just got to work harder and just keep working. So that's that's one that that's an example of a, of what I found as a motivational quote that that uh, um, that works for me. Another one that I use and and I've talked about this in the last episode is we we earn our medals in the winter and we collect them in the summer. And that one uh, I've heard only recently within the last couple of months, and I really have held on to that. That really resonated with me. Um, is that uh, we work hard in the winter and then we we rest back and and enjoy the the fruits of our labor in the summer, and that's when hopefully we collect our medals. So um, so those are motivational quotes. They're longer. They're they're um, you know they they inspire you. They um, all of this is meant to inspire you. But but they there's something you sit and you read and you ponder and you you kind of internalize. Um, the other part of that I think is in the in the realm of motivational things is is a motivational statement. These are usually shorter. These are usually something that um, that uh, either causes you to take action or to do and and to do a specific thing. Um, my wife recently is is getting uh, into trail running, and one thing that she has been using a lot, she shared with me as I was kind of getting this podcast episode together, is some uh, 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 a statement that um, that uh, ultra runner, his name's Jeff Browning. Uh, he's a really cool guy. You can follow him on Instagram at uh, Bronco Billy, and uh, just a cool guy. He's out of Bend, runs for Patagonia. He's an ultra trail runner. Um, and uh, he uses the, the, the statement, sip, sip, settle. And so when you're running with a, like an ultra running trail vest, you have these two pockets on the front of, of your vest that have little, they're hydration pockets. And you've got two little hoses that you drink out of, or you've got a hydration bladder that you have one hose that you drink out of. And so when he's running and, and my wife, Lauren, has started to use this too of like, sip, sip, settle, sip, sip, settle. And it, it kind of can can go in your strides and can fit into your pace or your cadence that you're running at, and it, it causes you to um, to to take action and to just kind of like refocus and calm down. If this is really hard, it like brings her back to center, brings him back to center, and and Lauren's kind of cribbed off of that. Um, and so that that command it elicits an action. Another set of statements that I use uh, often, I, I have quite a few of them, but I'll share a few with you here. One is uh, back to center. And if I'm really just feeling anxious or out of control in my riding or in um, lately in life, uh, we'll get more into that later. Um, not personal life, but life in general. But uh, that'll be another episode. Anywho, uh, is is back to center. And I, I just take a deep breath and I say back to center or clear the static. That's one I've had with me for a very long time. I actually cribbed that off of my wife um, when we first met. And it's it's just very simple. It's very, I think, instructive of like, what is all the static? What is causing all of this peripheral kind of um, anxiety or this buildup, uh, it's just clear the static, back to center. Um, you have more to give. That is one that I use often when it's really, really hard and I'm just at my limit and I've got you know 20 seconds to go in my interval and I just want to stop. I want everything and everything in my body is screaming at me to stop and I keep, t- I just 
take a breath and I say, you have more to give. How bad do you want it? That's one that I, I use a lot. I've seen it used in the in other forms with other athletes, with other companies or whatever. But um, that is one that, that resonates with me. Another one is uh, you are so strong. And I'll tap that into into a cadence sometimes if I'm if I'm starting to lose focus and I and I really just need to pick myself up and, and have this really strong, um, uh, concise, positive message is as I'm pedaling, I'll go, you are so strong. You are so strong. And that kind of kind of starts to bleed a little bit into mantras, which I'll I'll try and define a little bit more here in a second. But um, that is another one. And then when I'm climbing, almost every time I'm climbing, um, I, I use the phrase or the statement, over the hump. And so if I'm climbing, you know, um, I use this as I was climbing up uh, Pikes Peak. I climbed Pikes Peak in Colorado. It's 14,125 feet. I did it on a 20-inch wheeled folding bike. This was a number of years ago. And um, it's a hill. Let's not kid ourselves. This is a giant freaking hill. But I called it a hump. And in my head, it was just a hump. And I just kept saying, oh, just over the hump. Just keep going. Just over the hump. You are so strong. Just get over the hump. And um, I did it. And it was uh, it was pretty good. It was pretty inspiring. Uh, we all get a little loopy. I think when, you know, we're a little hypoxic up at, you know, 14 plus thousand feet uh, or anything over 10,000 feet and you start to get a little hypoxic and you're riding a bike and trying to not fall off uh, down the side of a mountain. But um, if you don't call it a mountain, you call it a hump, somehow it makes it easier. Uh, so there you have it. Uh, those are some statements that I that I use. Getting a bit deeper into, you know, the topic of this episode and, and the mantras, um, like I said initially, these are something that I've I've had to to work on, and is something that requires a fair bit of failure um, to find one that really resonates you within you and kind of resonates down to your core. Um, mantras are typically something that are very short; they're you know one to three words. They can be said in a breath or two, um, and uh, they're hard. I think sometimes to generate. It uh, like you can't sit down, or at least I can't sit down with a pad and paper and be like, "Okay, we're writing a mantra today, or this afternoon, or or what have you." It uh, it's some, you have to play with them, you have to test them for resonance, um, and you have to do it while you're working. You can't just sit there and, and say this phrase over and over and over again, um, and you have to be kind of willing to let them fail. and And the consequence of of having a mantra fail, if you're doing something hard, which you should be doing something hard when you're testing a mantra, is it might ruin your workout, and and you might have to sacrifice a workout. I have I have lost a couple of like power testing times when my coach is like, okay, go out and do a, a max effort, and I will be working on a on a mantra and. Um, and it'll be just a terrible workout because the mantra didn't work. I just couldn't stay motivated and I couldn't stay focused. So um, that that is a consequence of, of these. My mantra, my go-to mantra is stay on target. And sometimes I'll say it in three words, stay on target, stay on target, and chant it as I'm, as I'm riding. Um, sometimes I'll use it as one syllable or one phrase, stay on target, stay on target stay on target. Um, it's, it's kind of silly where it came from, but, 
uh, I think this is, I think that a good mantra is often generated kind of in the subconscious where, um, so stay on target comes from uh, Star Wars, uh, A New Hope, when they're making the final attack run to destroy the Death Star. There's an X-Wing pilot that goes, stay on target, stay on target. And um, ultimately he gets blown out of the sky and and dies in the movie. But um, it is is something that really stuck with me and has stuck with me for a very long time. I'm talking like more than 10 years. This thing has been with me over a decade. And um, it it seems a little cliche, but but it definitely resonates with me and keeps me focused. this is, uh, for example, it in in terms of how well it works. I think mantras and and you know tricking your brain or or keeping your brain motivated and keeping you focused, um, really does lead to to big results. So, um, two years ago, I broke my pelvis. I fractured my pelvis in a in a race. Um, I cooked a corner, came down uh, on the high side of it, and landed uh, really hard on my hip, and I had a compression fracture right in my pelvis. So I was, um, my, my, my season was toast and it was a long and very difficult, uh, road to recovery. Um, when we were in the hospital, we weren't sure, like I had no function of my left leg. We didn't know if I was going to walk for a couple of days. It, It was, it was kind of a lot. So, um, I will talk more about that later when we get into, into deep failures and accidents, but, uh, again, another episode. So you have to tune in later. Um, so I broke my pelvis and uh, I was devastated. My season was toast. I didn't know if I was ever actually going to come back from that kind of injury. And um, at the very end of the road race season was the um, was the Mount Ashland Hill Climb, the Hill Climb State Time Trial Championships. And um, it was uh, a gorgeous morning. It was nice and cool. It was like mid fifties, low sixties and sunny at the base in, in the town of Ashland, Oregon. And, um, at the top of Mount Ashland, it was just under 30 degrees and sleeting and miserable. And we didn't know this until we started to climb and get past tree line. And, um, we're racing in, in our summer kit and, you know, it, it is no base layer. It's just, um, a skin suit and, half a water bottle because you're just trying to go as fast as possible. And the only thing I had in my head um, uh, that I kept saying over and over and over again was stay on target. And I just kept using that. It was almost tunnel vision by the time I got to the top. Uh, Lauren was there and didn't bring near enough clothes and had all of my extra kit on her. And she was uh, pretty miserable (laughs) being a spectator at the top of a of a really miserable race, but um, that got me to the top was stay on target. And uh, ultimately I won that race and was the um, state hill climb champion. Um, that was my first race back at the end of the season after breaking my pelvis. So um, <laughs> the mind is everything, right? Another example of when uh, mantras really help is they can also really help you to regroup and refocus and salvage what is left of a day or a race or something. And so uh, my other example for you, uh, still using stay on target. Um, One year ago, 
I was racing the Oregon State Individual Time Trial Championship, 40-kilometer time trial, um, here in my in our on our home home turf in Eugene, Oregon, and it's on our local roads. It was my time trial to win. I felt. And I was feeling fantastic. My coach and my training, my coach was lining up my training just beautifully. I was executing each workout, recovering really well. And I got my warm-up on. I, I, was, I was so ready for this. I was in a great headspace to do this. And the, the, the TT course has um, one right-hand turn. It's a 90-degree right-hand turn. So you have to use your brakes. You're coming into this pretty hot at, you know, 28, 30 miles an hour. And I was going out and into a headwind, made the right-hand turn. It should have been a crosswind, and then it was just going to be a ripping tailwind um, on one more right-hand turn and then a straight shot into the finish line. And everything was lining up. I was losing a little bit of time going into the headwind, but I knew I could make it up in the crosswind and tailwind. I made the right-hand turn, the first right-hand turn, and squeezed the brakes, and something wouldn't release, and I felt like I was pedaling through syrup, and I just, I couldn't get off and stop and fix it. I, everything seemed to be working okay. I could, like, bounce up and down on the rear wheel, bounce up and down on the front wheel, and it just, something changed, something uh, got adjusted or, or misaligned. And uh, like I looked down and I didn't see my frame rubbing on or my tire rubbing on the frame of the bicycle, checked everything that I could without getting off of the bicycle. And I was pedaling through syrup and I got past and past and past and past. And on the way back in, I was doing, you know, 30, 31 miles an hour with this ripping tailwind and I was still getting past. And I just couldn't figure it out. And my legs were on fire. My lungs were just burning. And I just kept telling myself, just stay on target. Just stay on target. And ultimately, it got me to the finish line. It was one of my worst time trials I've ever done. I'm loading the car, or loading the car um, and the bike in the car. And I take a closer look at the bike now that it's on the bike rack and see that my tire was on the brink of exploding because my brake had shifted, my rear brake had shifted and was rubbing on my tire for the last mm, 35 kilometers or so of the race. And I I had almost blown my tire out. And I was doing this race with my my brake dragging on my wheel and on my tire. And and that was it. I There was completely out of my control. The brake shifted and... Um, and it was just rubbing on the wheel. And I kept using, I knew there were things that were out of my control. I knew that I had to try and figure this out, but um, I just kept using stay on target to to get me to the finish line. And it did. And, you know, looking back, there was a learning experience and I'll need to double check my brakes and fix them up. But there's always takeaways from every event that you do. And, um, and stay on target got me to the line. So developing a mantra is is something, like I said earlier, you, you can't force it. It has to come to you organically. I, I believe that it's generated in the subconscious. And I think that's where, like, for example, stay on target comes from Star Wars and 
And those movies are something that's very important to me. I've watched them umpteenth times. I am a Star Wars kid and a Star Wars dude through and through. Um, I love Star Wars. <laughs> and, and you know, it um, it kind of just sits with me and has, has something that that slowly kind of crept up and 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 they seemingly appear out of nowhere but i believe they're generated in the subconscious it's everything you've seen you've heard internalized etc um it's kind of when you're in that runner's high or that cyclist's bliss um the brain will find it and compile it together and and you just have to give yourself the permission to let it happen you need to be willing to let it happen um and have the courage to let it fail and say that doesn't work i need to regroup and try this again um that mantra for me is kind of grooved into my brain. I've, I've seen these movies, like I said, umpteenth times, and, and my brain recognizes that. My body knows that. And um, it just kind of popped up out of nowhere. So I believe that it is very good to have not only some mantras. I think it's a great skill or statements or motivational quotes, you know, that's kind of, I believe it's good overall to surround yourself with these positive things and not use them as a crutch, rather use them as a tool to help you develop and to lean on them and have them give you strength back as opposed to lean on them and and and, ex, and expect something else from that. Like the, the, the motivation, the strength still comes from you. And these are things that help you help ground you and, and keep you focused. In that same vein, I also believe it's good to have kind of a, a reflective practice. You know, this can be public, this can be private, whatever. Uh, for example, I, I like to use Instagram and um, I really like taking photos and adding text to it helps me reflect on what's going on. Um, it's kind of my form of, of journaling. You know, I'm, I am a visual and overtly kinesthetic learner. I I used to sit in college and uh, I'm a terrible note taker and it wasn't until I started to, um, I used to bring a piece of rope to class with me and I would tie knots. I love tying knots. I, I'm a big knot uh, fan <laughs> and I would sit in class and take you know, notes while I'm tying these knots and I wouldn't have a pen and paper. I wouldn't have anything with me. Um, that I'm, you know, scribbling down emphatically as I'm as I'm listening to the professor, but I would tie knots and I could remember so much more because I'm such a kinesthetic learner. I would associate these topics with what knot I was tying at the time. And and so I think finding something that gives you the ability to reflect and and gives you the ability to, you know, kind of take in what's going on, write it down either publicly or privately. Like I said, my, my Instagram, and, and my wife kind of pointed this out to me. She's like, you use Instagram as your reflective process. I, I've tried journaling in the past. I've tried just you know, talking to one person, but I do like to share this, and I do like, I love to take pictures, um, and, and I like to add text to it. And so there's, there's my journaling process. This is my reflective practice. And this podcast is, is kind of turning into that as well, where I can talk about things that that are very important to me and uh, it, it gives me some introspection and lets me reflect on on why I do this and and hopefully I can share some of this and lay some groundwork for you and and can um, can find some inspiration or some motivation from it uh, that that really ultimately is, is my hope with talking about this topic it's is to help whomever tunes in 
Um, if you're listening, thank you. I am grateful that you're here. And uh, lay lay out some framework to build that personal message and, and give give yourself some permission to explore and develop whatever your resonating message is and let that message fail if it doesn't work and be okay with that. Accept it and move on and find a new one. Um, so I'm, I'm going to end this episode with uh, kind of asking a question and we'll see what happens with this is, do you have a mantra? Do you have a, a message or a, a quote or a statement that you use on a day-to-day basis? Like what do you use it for? And how did you develop it? Um, I'd be very curious to know if you would like to share it with me. Uh, you can reach us out, reach out to me on uh, the Instagram page at not last underscore podcast. Um, leave a comment or, or send me a message. And um, I really would be curious to, to see if, if this is something that you already use or if this is a new concept for you. So I will wrap up this episode uh, with a big thank you. Um, this is a largely a personal project for me, and I am excited that you are here. I am excited that you are tuning in. We are now able to be listed on Google Podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Buzzsprout, Stitcher, um, and I don't know where else I'm listed, but um, we've had a couple of people tune in, and it's very exciting, and I'm, I'm very grateful that you are here. So thank you, and we will see you next week. Thanks for tuning in to the Not Last Podcast. Be sure to subscribe. New episodes drop weekly. Follow us on Instagram at notlast underscore podcast. This podcast is produced solely by me. If you like what you hear, be sure to tell your friends. Music for this podcast is generously provided by the illustrious Flemingosis. Listen to his music, buy his work. He is incredible. Artwork for this podcast is generated and provided by Paige Anochibar. She is amazing. Give her a follow. Support local artists. Coming up next is how to stay motivated during COVID-19 and other difficult times. I'm excited you're here, and I hope you'll come back soon.